You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I got friends in low places like Mike and Joel and Pat the Racist. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And just like that, we're here. (laughs) So it begins. Oh, shit. That's awesome. I'm not really a racist. But you play one on TV. I, I, I definitely do. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking about some uh, country music. Yes. Country music this week on show 96. I can't believe when we talk about country music, racism comes up right away. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> it's like the two aren't connected at all. <laughs> Get used to it, folks. This is the way the next hour is going to be. Aha. Aha. The hell is that? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> the old cowboy country. They used to do that in the background all the time. Some guy. I thought it was yeehaw. All kinds of things. <laughs> it's aha. 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 Oh wait, that's yeah. That that is different yeah. music. <laughs> we'll do that show later. Different, but yet the same. Very similar. Yes. So, uh, hey, Josh. Hey, Mike. <laughs> We are too wild and crazy. <laughs> oh, is that not what you were doing? I thought that was it is now. Um, I was going to say, I bet there's other podcasts that cover music and things. I bet there are, too. Good I like this. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, I think what Mike is trying to do is he's trying to tell you about the Musings of a Geek podcast network, but I was shutting him down like a dick. <laughs> Very nice. Very good. Like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> you can find uh, all sorts of geek theme podcasts at www.musingsofageek.com, and you can find shows such as Red Horse Radio, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, Sweating the Small Stuff, and the Left Field Sports Lounge. Bum, bum, bum. I love those guys. They're so out of left field. Yes, they are. They're so sportsy and podcasty. Well, what about uh, if I want to like to hear some podcasts on a Saturday? Well, if you're listening to podcasts on a Saturday at noon, I'd suggest you turn your internet dial to Geek Life Radio, where you can find us every Saturday at noon. Who? Us. Us. It's We're like Left Field Sports Lounge, but we sound more like us. Without sports. And we're not defunct. (laughs) Far as we know. We might be. Yeah, if you want to check out any of our older shows, you can always catch our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe, or at our home on the web at www.fortigo14.com. Yes. And now, <laughs> and now, listener feedback. Yes, uh, we have a few voicemails. If you'd like to leave us one of those, you can always call us at 708-NOW-RAP at 708-669-9727. We've got a few people who have done that. Let's start... Oh, let's just start with Charlie. Oh, God. Let's keep your hands inside the ride at all times. Hey, dickholes. Uh, okay, <laughs> Simpsons. My favorite Simpsons line 
is uh, from the the episode where Bart plays hooky, and he has to stand in as a witness for the trial of Mayor Quimby's son. And Homer's on the jury, and Bart has to decide if he's going to tell the truth and testify to clear Mayor Quimby's son's name. And he looks over at uh, at Homer, and Homer says in his mind, I know you can read my thoughts, Bart. Meow, 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 meow. It's probably one of my favorite Simpsons moments. And my favorite Ralph Wigganism is, and it's something I often say myself in real life, my cat's breath smells like cat food. Because it's funny, it's the point, it's a non sequitur, and it's true. All right, and uh, I know I always tell you guys you're adequate, because you almost are, but that does not mean that I don't choo-choo-choose you. Aww. Wah! <laughs> Isn't it a picture of a train? <laughs> if you slow down the film right here, you could see his heart break. <laughs> Well, I like I like how he he starts out his po- his uh voicemail just talking about the show with "Hey dickholes." Yeah. <laughs> ah, we've all got are, him. Are we still waiting for him to finish, or is he done? No, 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 he's done. Okay, okay. I keep waiting for him to interrupt somebody at some point here. All right, we have a voicemail here from someone who isn't Charlie. Hi, this is uh, Zach. Called in a I don't know a month or two ago, I suppose. And, uh, I don't know, I just got back from seeing the new Terminator movie and thought it was pretty good. So, not sure if you guys did a show on all the Terminator movies yet, but that'd be a good, uh, topic to do or, uh, whatnot. Anyway, thought the new one was pretty damn good. Uh, read the reviews on it and stuff and don't seem to be very good. So, if I'm a bit of a fan of the Terminator shows anyway, let me know what you guys think and, uh, you all seen it or not. Anyway, sorry for rambling. Uh, keep up the awesome shows and, uh, look forward to listening to some more. Thanks. Thank you, Zach. Oh, what a nice guy. That was That's pleasant. what it's like to have nice people call us. <laughs> and he's, he's uh, right. We should do a Terminator show. We should. Yeah. It's a great idea. Somebody should have thought of that before the show started. Uh, I wonder if we'll end up doing a Terminator show or if we'll end up doing one of our featured, uh, occasionally on 40 Going on 14, we'll feature a performer or whatever. Maybe we'll just do an Arnold Schwarzenegger show. It's not a, then we would leave out the, what about the Sarah Jane or Sarah Crack? It's, it's, Sarah it's done. You're done. You're done. I can't talk. Oh. Thank you for playing. He's all about, what about Sarah Palin? I thought I was going to say Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) Horse face. (laughs) Sex in the city. (laughs) So I hope there's something else. Oh, yeah. We got a couple more. Awesome. Let's. Here we go. Okay. So uh, two things. (laughs) Number one, why does Joel's Barney impression sound like Yoda fucked uh, well, it's, it's like, it sounds like Yoda and, and the Cookie Monster had an unholy love child. Why is that? It doesn't sound like Barney at all. And uh, second, so you're going to be talking about popular music uh, for next week's show. So is this going to be another one where Joel just sits out? <laughs> that is the first guy I've ever heard voicemail in a kick in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was nice. The joke, huh? the joke is that the music that Joel likes is, is not popular. <laughs> and, and, and it's terrible. All right. Hey, 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 Charlie, if you got to explain the joke, it's not funny. <laughs> that, that was the worst Sammy Deuce Jr. I've ever heard in my life. That's Woody Allen. And he listens to my show, so he can shut his face. <laughs> oh, man. That was probably the best use of the random Charlie silence ever, because you guys yeah. fell for it again. Yeah, we did. Uh, he didn't do it on the first one, and he got us. Yeah. All right. So we got one last one. 
Hey, this is the ghost of Luke from Chicago. Don't cry <laughs> for me. I'm already dead. I do a terrible Barney, but hopefully at least you get the line. Um, just calling to say that even though I may have been murdered by Charlie from an impressively long distance by an impressively high-powered rifle, um, I did, in the afterlife, still enjoy the uh, Simpsons show quite a bit. Um, but just, I don't think it turns into a big quote fest. Um, I was a little surprised, though, that nobody mentioned my personal favorite episode, the uh, the Lord of the Flies one. <laughs> so much, anytime it, I, I record it, whenever I find it, whenever it's on, it's hilarious. Skinner beating, banging his shoe on the table, that gets me every single time. I love that episode. But there's so much good stuff to choose from that it's tough to decide. Anyway, just wanted to call and add my otherworldly two cents. Adequate! That that is the episode that comes that has the um my my mouth tastes like burning line from Ralphie so it is a good episode very oh cool. yeah so we kind of mentioned it yeah but uh, yeah well thanks everybody for uh, giving us uh, your comments on the Simpsons show and uh, especially people who are nice to us I think it's funny that we've now got like a complete bit like right now Luke and Charlie are sort of doing their own show inside ours <laughs> we're getting very meta it's so Simpson. We're going to have to call in to one of them and leave a, leave a voicemail on their phone that they're going to have to call in and talk about. Ooh, yeah. House. Let's call Charlie's house phone and just do a whole show on it. You know, <laughs> I have the when number. Char- when Charlie called to uh, leave the second voicemail, I happened to be home, and I very nearly just turned on the microphone, plugged on my headphones, and answered it to see what he'd do. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> ah! Click. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. That's awesome. That's good stuff. All right. So uh, I think it is about that time. It is definitely about that time. And I should have queued that up. It is exactly (laughs) that time. Fix that in post. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right, so this weekend, 1980, Patrick has chosen this as the year the movie Urban Cowboy, or no, just the uh, soundtrack was released. Yes. Was it the same year as the movie, or they released it earlier? Yeah, no, no, it's just, I just didn't pick an actual release date, you know, oh. so what's used this week in 1980, because Urban Cowboy was a pretty big country music soundtrack, so. Right, it. it's a good primer if you just wanted to learn about country music songs from the 80s. Got it. Yeah. All right, so, music. Dan Whitesides, American drummer for The Used, is born July 7th. Yay for The Used, although he wasn't the first drummer. Brandon Steinecker was the first drummer. Then he went to go join Rancid. He he died on vomit. No, he joined Rancid. But now Dan Whitesides... I I included that specifically for you, and I was so eager to do that that I forgot to put in what the number one song of the week was, so I just realized... Do you remember what it was? No, I just forgot to look it up because I was all like, oh, I found something about the used, and I knew that was one of the Um It was... He's been the drummer now since 2006, so he's 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 good. What were we going to say? I don't know. I was going to say Jessica Simpson is born on July 10th in Abilene, Texas. Abilene. Abilene, whatever. Ab- Ab- and the uh, top song of the week was um, Short People. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top song of the week was Coming Up by Paul McCartney. Like I said, coming up by Paul McCartney was and short Paul, people. Wait, was it Paul McCartney or was it Paul McCartney and Wings? Uh, according to the Wikipedia page, which I f- very quickly dialed up, it just says Paul McCartney. All right, I don't actually remember the song coming up. I don't either. Eh, it was an okay song. It featured trumpets. Ah, okay. So movies, Airplane, 
knocks off The Empire Strikes Back to become the number one film this week Whoa. in 1980. Wow. Did you know that Airplane on Netflix, it's it's rated PG? Yeah, there was. Uh, this was before PG-13, so you could have a very limited amount of swearing and nudity in a PG. That was why the per- parents had to provide guidance. Yeah, because there was tatas in it. And, you know, it happened a while ago. Hey, Airplane's on Netflix. It's, P- <laughs> it's PG. Let's just start it up here. Fifteen minutes into it, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> There's tatas and, well... No, oh, yeah. See the brow booty act? Lick. Down, <laughs> Lick. Down. Smack him, yak him. All right. Walt Disney's Fox Shit. and the Hound is released on July 9th. That many is, people cried. Yes, I did. That is a, a really sad movie. Yes. Um, the Blue Lagoon is released July 5th. Speaking of tatas. Many people cried. Yes, I'm like, <laughs> And Used Cars is released on July 11th. Love and only movie. I cried. Huh? <laughs> Russell. Aw. Great the movie. They're so used. <laughs> Speaking of the used, Dan Whiteside's. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the hell? Um, <laughs> no, I liked. Uh, I mean, well, it's, there's actually a double Kurt Russell in this. Uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Kurt Russell did one of the voices in Fox of the Hound. All right. Uh, yeah. Get your double Kurt on. Yeah. Along with, uh, yeah, Mickey Rooney, Kurt Russell, Pearl Bailey. And he was in The Empire Strikes Back. He was a Tauntaun. Yeah, he was. (laughs) (laughs) Give that man an Oscar. It was a Tauntaun. (laughs) That sounded exactly like Barney from The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so on TV, the top four shows are Dallas. Uh Uh-oh, bum, bum, bum. The acronym of the week, that is T-D-O-H. Yes, that would be Tarantula's Dunk on Havlicek. (laughs) Uh, two years after the legendary uh, shooting guard retired, he uh, shot a TV show where giant spiders would just dunk on him repeatedly. Pat laughed at it. How did how did they grab the ball? There's a, there's a lot of them. <laughs> that, that, why is that the only issue I have with that? <laughs> right. For the same reason you had no issue with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien becoming a cake. Well, that makes sense at least. I mean, Wait. tarantulas <laughs> holding a basketball. Come on now. That acronym in the week had far too many dicks in it. <laughs> Not that enough. Was the thing is, I saw. Oh, okay, we got testicles, T, D, dicks. It's like, no, I got to go a completely different direction because these guys have been uh, railing me about this, railing See, me about all the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like the dicks of Hogwarts or something, you know. But ah! I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, well, so obviously the Dukes of Hazard. Yes, yes, the show that was on number one, but nobody ever admitted to watching. Yeah. <laughs> the hell was that <laughs> all right so, <laughs> so the other tv shows were 60 minutes and another acronym of the week m-a-s-h oh that's just mash oh shit okay well uh tv paul <laughs> dj paulie d del vecchio del vecchio del vecchio, del vecchio? Del vecchio? Oh, okay that shows you how much i've ever watched uh, jersey shore yeah as born on july 5th but Jessica Simpson was born on July 10th, and she's at least pleasant to look at. Yes. Mm-hmm. In Texas. That's where Pat's from. Yep. Or lives. All right. So sports. On July 5th, at the 87th Wimbledon Women's Tennis Championship, Yvonne Gulagong beat Chrissy Everett. I did not mispronounce that. I said that totally right. At the nine And at the 94th Wimbledon's <laughs> Men's Tennis Championship... <laughs> <laughs> then you immediately stumble over 94. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Bjorn Borg beat John McEnroe, who pitched it's a, nice. it, it's, it's so nice that you stop to praise yourself instead and then, of just and then fuck up the number on yeah. and letting the momentum carry you through. No, no, I gotta, I gotta stop <laughs> and then not notice the ninety four standing there. <laughs> Stop right. and congratulate yourself. Yeah. Right or you shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, Paul Gasol. Pau? Pau Gasol? Pau Gasol. Spanish-born NBA basketball player is born on July 6th. And Michelle Kwan, Olympic figure skater, is born in Torrance, California, on July 7th. What? what? I started to say Canada. I don't know why. Candlefornia? Candlefornia? <laughs> That's... That's what my uncle did to me. He candle forwarded me. <laughs> Welcome to the Hotel California. <laughs> so, country music, he says, trying to derail this. <laughs> right. California girls are unbelievable. I wish they all could be California girls. Uh, Wesley Snipes. The governor of California. <laughs> Okay, now now, now oh, I'm done. Holy shit. <laughs> Candle Fornication. I was going to say Candle Fornication. Hey, I'm from nice. Candle Fornia. All right, so main show. <laughs> Please. Yes. Patrick uh, just said to us, hey, we haven't done any music I like. <laughs> what? <laughs> so let's do some country music. And Both uh kinds. Yeah. country and western. Mm-hmm. So uh we are starting with the way then to the then to the now. So I am because Patrick is the undisputed encyclopedia of this group, I'm gonna hand off the introduction on this to Pat. Mm. Um well okay, country music it's uh Kind of came about uh, in the 1920s. We're not really going to go that far back, but it kind of started. Uh, it's got a blues root. It's got um, a hillbilly sound and everything. And it used to be called hillbilly music it's, you know, instead of country music. Um, and then in the 1930s and 40s, uh, the scene kind of changed, and it got, started getting a lot more actual respect when the Grand Old Opry opened up. And people started, you know, like kind of embracing it instead of like, you know, being afraid to listen to the hillbilly music. And it kind of became known more as a, a Western swing sound. And what happened was what really gained it popularity was um, Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys. And that's pretty much where we're going to start talking about actual music at that point um, as in this podcast is the introduction of Bob Wills um, because he was revolutionary. Um, he introduced drums into country music because before that point, like the Grand Old Opry didn't even allow you to have a drum set. What? That's uh, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was seen as a rock and roll thing. Drums were, so they didn't want, you know, so they didn't want drums at all. And he also then, you know, later introduced electric guitar as well. So he, he, he was very revolutionary and very, um, very much into bringing <laughs> country music kind of into the, into the modern day, as it were, of back in the 1940s and 50s. Did they have steel guitars at this time before the electric guitars? Yeah. Steel guitars have pretty much always been a staple. You know, steel guitars and acoustic guitars, any kind of stringed instrument has always been a staple. Banjos and, you know, ukuleles and fiddles. Yeah, exactly. Because yes. you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in Wash the tubs, <laughs> jugs. <laughs> Those are Sorry. not stringed instruments, Joel. <laughs> you're, you're obviously playing them wrong. He's never seen a jug before. <laughs> that was my Barney impersonation. Shut up. <laughs> All right, so 
you've got some uh you chose went through and you chose some singers for us you chose some band yeah. singers so uh, we're gonna start out like you said with bob willis and the texas playboys and his uh song uh, san antonio rose that you have here faded love and miles and miles of texas you know, before we get too deep into specific artists, I, I want to actually ask everybody, like, what are our own personal histories with country music? Like, did we listen to it? Um, a- any interesting tidbits hmm. from the, the country's past? I know I've got a few, but uh, I'd like to hear from you guys. Well, um, I, I I can't exactly remember when I started listening to country music. I just suddenly started having country music CDs in my collection. And it's, I want to say it was like early 90s where I started picking up on stuff like that. And I want to say it was, I'm going to, I'm going to get shit for saying this, but there was a, a Dwight Yoakam song mm. that I started, I think, want to say it was the soundtrack to, um, Holland, Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to that it. I, I almost said leaving Las Vegas and I knew that was wrong. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not it. Honeymoon yeah. in Vegas, which is just a whole bunch of, uh, bands covering old Elvis tunes. And Dwight Yoakam covered, um, Suspicious Eyes. Minds. Just minds. minds. Suspicious Minds. Uh, and. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and the video for that was awesome too, because the whole time he's like standing on the hood of a convertible Chevy with this girl chained to him. As it's, it was just really strange. But, uh, something about him just made me start to like pay more attention to the country music that was coming out at the time. And, uh, you know, that's where I, where I started listening to it. And now I kind of, you know, have been for the last, you know, 20 years going on and off on, on country. Um, I do vacation in Branson. Uh, <laughs> as a Snickers. As I snicker because it's free. And, um, <laughs> it's like Vegas if you're lame. Yeah. Free Snickers. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, there's, but they've got, the thing is, it's like Vegas for people that like Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> I have still not seen Yakov Smirnoff. Did um, you see Piso yet? No, I have not. <laughs> I have seen the Presleys though. So, and I think all of them somehow relate back to them somehow, but, uh, though those trips gave me a lot of respect for the way then music of the Hank Williams Sr. and, uh, you know, Ray Price and that sort of thing. Cause I heard a lot of that music when I was out there with the, uh, with the in-laws and just digging on the, you know, just the, just the melodies and the, the singing and the lyrics and all that. I mean, I've actually, I think I lean a little bit more towards the way then then type music in country. What about you, Joel? Nothing wrong with that. And and you guys give me crap about Dwight Yoakam, and then that's the first thing out of the gate. Um, <laughs> for me, it uh, initially started with my mom. She, when I was growing up, used to listen to two things, big band and old school country, which when I say old school, I mean, you know, you got your Hank Williams Sr. and, and that <clears throat> generation, Patsy Cline. But then she also listened to some of the more like early 80s, late 70s, kind of when we get to the then portion, like uh, Ronnie Millsap, Conway Twitty, Boxcar Willie, which I remember distinctly she had a Boxcar Willie cassette that I used to love to play. Um, and so I oh, kind of grew up on that. <sighs> yeah, that was me. Uh, it was her, actually. She bought it. But that was kind of my my roots in it. But I, I strayed away from it as I kind of found my own way musically, as most people do. You know, they'll kind of find their own thing and break away from their parents. So it took me until I was in high school when the girl that I was interested in all through high school was into country. And so I kind of started to segue back into it. And then Matt introduced me to Dwight Yoakam. And we were on concert tour and his album, uh, this time came out and he and I listened to that nonstop for the entire choir tour. 
And that was really for me the same thing, kind of the same way as Mike was my gateway back into it, because for whatever reason, it struck a chord. And so I, I listened to that and then I went out and bought some more of his stuff. And then I went out and got into, you know, Garth Brooks was popular. So that was an easy kind of uh, way to get into it. Um, and then I kind of started to find my own groove and my own stuff and listened on through the first part of college kind of straight away again and then came back to it here probably in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and even recently, I've been listening to stuff again, like Eric Church and um, some of the more recent artists. So it's been kind of peppered throughout my life, so to speak. So, Josh? Well, it's interesting because uh, I kind of parallel you in that uh, my mom was really into country music. And uh, for a long time, because of that, because like the country station was all that was ever on the car on commutes to school or whatever, there's a bit of a backlash for me. Uh, because of her love of country music, though, I've had some... Uh, interesting experiences i have visited dollywood twitty city and i got to see the grand Ole opry with loretta lynn wait did you say titty city or twitty city twitty city wait did, did loretta lynn take you to the grand Ole opry yes that's exactly what i meant <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i think at the time like i thought it was cool to be at those things but uh, after i got into high school I kind of did the same thing. I was like, this is, this is what my parents are into. So therefore it was lame. And, uh, it took me many years to make my way back to country. And I realized when preparing for the show, just how many of the songs I already knew all the words to. And uh, in the t like 2000s, 2010s, there were even a couple of, uh, country standards that uh, I would do when I did karaoke as some of my regular songs. I did uh, cold, cold heart by uh, Hank Williams, senior. Um, I've done thunder rolls. Uh, yeah. A couple, couple different ones. Thunder, thunder rolls. rolls. Yeah. Gar Garth Brooks. I like that song. That's good with roast beef. <clears throat> yeah, Folsom prison blues is one of my karaoke staples. <clears throat> Have we ever, I want to hear you do that. Well, you probably will in a couple yes. weeks. Yes. All right. So what about you, Pat? Besides being born in Texas. <laughs> I wasn't right. born in Texas, but I moved here as fast as I could. Ha, ha, ha. Hey. Ah. That's the joke that everybody says. You were so. driving when you were born, so it was easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the first thing I did was walk out and walk to Texas with my martini <laughs> and my cigar in hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been around country music all my life. Um, it's it's My parents liked it. And it wasn't one of those things that I could really rebel against because, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just that my parents liked it, you know, because everybody liked it. It was the music everybody listened to. And it, growing up in the 80s, you know, that was when kind of the country music boom happened, you know, due to Urban Cowboy. Um, so uh, you couldn't really avoid listening to country music. And back then, you know, it was kind of warping into what country music is now, it was like, you know, entering one of its little metamorphoses that kind of goes through every, you know, 15, 20 years. And so, I mean, it was still good, but it was, you know, it was definitely, you could kind of see how it was turning cheesy by like the songs like, you know, um, D I V O R C E, you know, things like that. You know, is that Tammy Wynette? Yeah. yeah. That's a just classic. Bad song. That's just, How do I know that? <laughs> It, it was used in a they used it in a movie, I believe. Yeah, they did. I don't remember what movie or anything, but yeah, I mean, so um, I've always I've always enjoyed country music. Uh, I definitely enjoy things from like the um, '90s and and back. I don't really care much for anything from the the aughts and and now and everything, just because 
I really, I don't, I don't think it's, I think country music has devolved and now it's like, it has shifted into pop music now. I mean, it, it's kind of lost its blues roots and it's kind of lost its rockabilly roots. And now it's just much more, I mean, it's much more about the, the guitars and, and it's much more about, um, family life and love now, which is strange for something that started rooted in the blues. Huh. Well, so the nineties better than now. Don't tell his heart, his achy, breaky heart. <laughs> I just don't think you'd understand, Josh. Um, I mean, the, the thing with country now, though, is that it's much more fragmented. Back then, it was it was a bit more, there wasn't a lot of deviation from the norm. But now it's, you know, you've got your all country for your, you know, your kind of Uncle Tupelo, Wilco, Sunvolt kind of thing. And you've got your your traditional country um, that is still being made. And then you've got, like you said, your, your pop country or... Um, you know, so it's it's a bit more segmented, so you can so, find... Yeah, before we get too much into today's music... Right, let's, yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, in the 1950s, um, unless we want, to, we want to talk anymore about some of the older acts before we move on? Well, I mean, out of I mean, out of the way thens, I mean, every all of us know Patsy Cline. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah Patsy Cline was legendary for having a great voice and really embracing the, uh, the country music lifestyle. She was, you know... An alcoholic party girl who was never happy in love and just she was basically like a female Hank Williams Sr. Yeah, I was gonna say you're pretty <laughs> Hank Williams Sr. being the man who um drank and drugged himself to death at twenty nine years old. He uh was riding in a car because he wasn't allowed to go on the bus with anybody else. <laughs> he had a driver driving him because he wasn't allowed to drive himself. Um, and when they got to the, to the location, to the city where they were going to be performing, uh, he went to wake him up. He was sitting in the passenger seat and just found him dead in the passenger seat. Still more metal than Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Hank Williams (laughs) Sr. was more metal than a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Damn straight. (laughs) So, um, the legendary, the only man that has ever been kicked out of the Grand Old Opry and banned and told not to come back. And then he died, so he never did. Well, and even through his lineage on down the line, I mean, Hank Williams Jr. has had his his share of, of that sort of stigma, a bit more rednecky. And then Hank Williams the third, I mean, he's taken that to a whole nother level. So you know, yeah, but but I mean, the the thing is, his father and his grandfather had the talent, and I don't I don't think Hank Williams the third has enough talent to overcome his demons. No, but he's he's made himself into a bit of a. I don't want to say an icon, but he's 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 created something unique, which I give him credit for that. And he looks a hell of a lot like his like his grandfather. But again, we're getting too much into the now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> before we move on from the way back, there's a couple artists I want to talk about because Marty Robbins is the master of the story song. Yeah, from uh, Old pa- El Paso, Big Iron. Like I fell in love with these songs again when some of them appeared on the uh, soundtrack for Fallout New Vegas. And just remembering that every one of his stories has like a tale of heartache and usually death in the old Southwest. Just like the Twee. <laughs> I didn't have any. <laughs> nobody even noticed that I didn't put any death in this week. Oh, yeah. Oh. I thought somebody would, would have noticed. But, um, yeah, then you, had, you got um, El Paso used to be my, my midnight song that I played when I DJed every midnight. Nice. Huh. Yeah. But, and, um, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, Farron Young, who was not really, is not really well known by a lot of people that don't know, you know, old country, but I mean, he definitely had a great voice and 
very, very good uh, at songwriter. Like most of these songs that are listed that I, in, in the show notes for the way then, he wrote probably half of them. And uh, I know that uh, you left them off the list, but I did want to share the trivia that I dug up about Gene Autry. Oh yeah, uh, the singing cowboy. Uh, two, he's unique in two ways. He was given first. He was the f- first person to ever receive a certified gold record, which I think is just I would not have guessed that. He's also the lone person to have five stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one in every single possible category. That's insane. Well, they wouldn't <laughs> give a gold record to Hank Williams because he would have sold it for drugs and alcohol. But <laughs> oh, how many barbiturates you think I can get for this? <laughs> <laughs> well. All right, shall we move on to the then then? Sure. Is it now? Soon. <laughs> no, it's when is not it now? now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the then I, I think Pat, the way you have this set up is like 70s to uh 80s. Yeah, I kind of more or less kept them in in chronological order as best as I could. Okay. So, but yeah, like so like the 1950s and 60s is when um rockabilly started making its influence known in country music and you had the debut of, you know, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, yeah, um, Waylon Jennings, those kinds of guys, you know, and um, they brought so, like I said, they brought in like a more of a rockabilly sound and more of a uh, guitar-driven type of music, so. more of the ho- the hollow body guitars and that sort of thing, the electricals, yeah, exactly, yeah, that sort and of thing. So you had you had two different, you know, at this point you had two different kind of styles. You had the the, the classic Nashville <laughs> Grand Old Opry style, and you had the um the rockabilly, you know, bad boy kind of style. So the two of them were going on at the same time. Okay, so we'll. Step in with uh, probably we'll call the na- the um, national style Conway Twitty, a uh, smooth voice. Yeah, and one of those guys that does not look a thing like what you would expect him to the first time you see him. <laughs> no, after hearing his song and you go to see him, you're like, whoa! And <laughs> boy, he was on Hee Haw a lot. <laughs> like this guy looks like Marty Feldman with a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Conway Twitty. <laughs> well, and he was just very recently uh, featured in uh, the newest episode of uh, True Detective. Uh, like a flashback to his version of uh, the Rose was played in a uh, dream sequence. Oh, very nice. Twin Peaksy, sort of like Elvis impersonator uh, singing "The Rose" as done by Conway Twitty. Funny, cool. I mean, and, and "Hello, Darling" is just a great, just that I mean, that baritone voice of his. How many of these songs did you guys actually listen to of the ones I listed? I want to uh, say seventy-five percent. I, yeah, I grew up on most of them, so I I listened to some, but I knew most of them already just from my childhood yeah. yeah and i spent a lot of time on the country uh band on xm radio just in the car when i didn't have a passenger yeah i, I was on that for the uh, amazon music just old school country type stuff i noticed that a lot of the uh groups that were in the uh file you sent to us aren't listed on this when did uh oak ridge boys in alabama come into play on the oh, time yeah, early yeah. 80s late 70s right yeah yeah yeah. I, I missed them i didn't mean to ignore them i should have brought them over okay. i just got to cut and paste them uh yeah yeah the uh oak ridge boys alabama uh <laughs> brothers yeah all those guys started in late 70s early 80s and like if you go to watch the old videos of them man it, man, it shows like there's the cowboy style in the 80s leaves a lot to be desired you thought you, you thought like you know breakdancing style was bad <laughs> man yeah. uh well you know one of my fondest memories speaking of 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 these bands was i remember being we used to drive across country a lot when i was a kid and we were at a truck stop and they had one of those poor those like those speakers at the table that you could play like a jukebox but at your table 
And I remember picking out uh, Elvira and listening to that while we were waiting for our food. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> just Someone just played Elvira three times, and it's a. But I remember sitting there with my mom and my dad and my brother, and I mean, all of us knew the song, and we were all, you know, just kind of singing it along. And of course, back then, I would have been like Elvira, you know, because my voice hadn't changed yet. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to derail. <laughs> No, I didn't derail. Uh, what I, one of the names I see on here is Barbara Mandrell. How many of how many of us remember her uh, her TV show? That's vaguely. They she had a TV show. She had like a, a variety show. Was it huh. the, yeah, it was at the same time as um, uh, what should we call it? A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Those oh, Donnie and Marie Osmond. Yeah, those there, there was a there in the there's a lot of uh, shows like that. Cher and uh, Donnie Marie, and she had one also. So, well, yeah, I guess they did have a lot of those in, uh, like entertainment hours or uh, variety shows back then. That was kind of a big thing. Yeah, but that's um, kind of like one of the one of the ways people started getting more country into the you know the normal, I guess, into every day because it was one of those primetime show things. So. But uh, Pat, you got Loretta Lynn on here, mm-hmm. coal miner's daughter. What are the one of the biggest superstars of the of the eighties, female Loretta Lynn was. Uh, her, I mean, her song "Coal Miner's Daughter" was turned into a movie with S- Sissy Spacek. I mean, yeah. yeah, so she was she was huge. Well, and then and of she, course you've got Crystal Gale with her never-ending hair. Yeah, I always thought that that was weird. <laughs> I know, right? It was not attractive either, and she yeah. was not a bad-looking lady. I remember uh, my mom had a couple of her cassettes, and uh, I remember always looking at them, going, "Why is her hair so long?" Sorry. Is she the one? Is she the one that has the uh, the picture of her like standing on the balcony with her hair going all the way down to the ground floor? <laughs> That's Rapunzel. <laughs> oh, you fucker! <laughs> I've got... all right. Talk amongst yourselves, motherfuckers. Uh, you know, it's funny. A country song from this era. Like every time I have to remember, uh, this is so silly. Uh, the direction that the sun comes up in. I flash back to the Statler Brothers song that has everything reversed. It's called Don't Wait on Me. And That's starts... funny because I do the same fucking thing. Really? Re- I'm not funny. joking. I do the same thing. Like, okay, wow. yeah, when the sun wakes up in the west and lays its head down in the east. Okay, that was reversed, so. <laughs> yep, I have done that all my life, I swear. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Uh, that's funny. Um, well, uh, looking at this list, and, and you talked about uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. Well, I mean, think about like Dolly Parton with 9 to 5, and that crossed over to her acting. Um, Kenny Rogers, the gambler, again, crossed over to him doing acting. I mean, a lot of these guys went on to do, you know, some film and television and the variety shows. Chris and Christop- yeah, Chris, Chris, I mean, <laughs> Chris Stopton, if, if you don't know him, uh, wrote, uh, he's another one of those guys that wrote really great songs like Sunday Morning Coming Down. Um, he actually wrote that song and, uh, and Johnny, that was the first song that ever got picked up by a country, uh, country singer for him. Johnny Cash picked it up and made a hit out of it. Well, it's the well, same what a- as, um, uh, Bobby McGee, that was his also. Yep. I personally think with him, I don't know how you feel. I think he's a better songwriter than he is a singer, personally. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And no, you, no. now he looks like somebody took a, a hairband and tied off the back of his head. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Did I catch you fuckers at a bad time? Um, so. Yeah, he's kind of plays the the badass now. But uh, I'm trying to think it. I'm I'm drawing a blank here, Pat. He he when he teamed up with uh, uh was it Waylon Jennings and uh, Oh, you talking about the Highwaymen? The Highwaymen was that what they were called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the four of them all singing about Waylon Waylon Jennings and um and, oh my god um. Oh, really? I, I can see the faces, but I can't picture the name. Johnny That's Cash. why. J- Johnny yeah, Cash, Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson. Yeah. 
They were yeah. there without screaming. Nice. And yep. I, I remember that. Yeah, I can't think of anything more about it, but it just came to mind that I remember. I remember that album for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, they but. put out one really good album, and then they never did anything else. Kind of like the Traveling Wilburys. Well, and then I also saw in here the Charlie Daniels band, and you were talking about kind of rockabilly, but then taking it to. I mean, we talk about crossovers later a little bit more, but this was one of those songs that was really early on that kind of hit on more than just one. And it's still, you know, a song you hear at every single outdoor festival that seems to be playing on the loudspeakers at some point or another. It's, it's interesting that you bring it up like that, because actually that was uh, that song was in the 80s. And the 80s is, is when disco kind of got its influence into country music a little bit. And like I said, it started turning a little more pop. And like the 80s is when country songs started to actually hit uh, top 40 top 10 on the tr- on the pop charts on the on the uh, just the general billboard top 100 you know they, God they damn. actually started charting disco and- it's like the herpes of music <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> uh, that's so true uh, but uh, another oh, ends in my achy breaky heart which is where country <laughs> turned into pop now, before we move to the 90s, I also want to talk about another artist who was in the crossover between the 70s and the 80s who has some unique distinctions, and that would be Mr. Charlie Pride. Yes. Uh, he was a baseball uh, player, uh, and uh, he's actually one of the very, very few African-American titans of country music, and he actually played baseball for the Negro Leagues uh, before he started his mu- uh, music career. Hmm. And, he, uh, he was the Jackie Robinson of country music, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, his song Just Between You and Me was just like a crazy hit for the time. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Darius Rucker to take his place. <laughs> and then you got your, then, then there's, you know, in that same period of time, there's the, the titans of country music were uh, gaining in notoriety. You got uh, your George Jones, who was pretty much recognized as the godfather of country music um you can't find a single person in country music that doesn't venerate george jones mm-hmm. he's he's kind of he's kind of the quintessential country star uh merle haggard you know another guy that was like you said coming into his own in the 70s and 80s merle haggard is one of my favorite country music stars out there i mean he's he's his lyrics i mean these guys, you know, uh, and Johnny Cash being the other one that I'm, uh, these guys, the, what, what impresses me the most about them and what I like the most is about country music. These guys kind of personify. It's like, you know, in my opinion, country music is about strife and it's about heartache and it's about, and it's about good stories and good, you know, and, and it's just, it's just about heartache, you know, like I said, and, and the story of loss and the feelings that, you know, that, that, that stirs up. And that's what country music is to me. I mean, and and it's also, it's just like the clever turn of phrase, like, you know, sleeping single in a double bed, you know, things like, you know, I mean, just um, your tears have washed, have wiped the memory. Oh, wait, how does it go? I got to think it's a Hank Thompson song. Your tears have washed. I love you from the blackboard of my heart. Wow. <laughs> I'd love wow. to love you, honey, but he was first in line. <laughs> See, and one now, of, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's one of the problems with now is that that's become like the signature you got to have that clever turn of phrase otherwise the whole song falls apart and a lot exactly. of the popular and it, and it's country not music. it's not like they're not writing from the heart they're writing formulaic for the, the hook 
Yeah, exactly. They're they're writing for sales. They're not writing to tell a story. And that's well, not and across the formula. The, board. the formula Sorry. was being mocked already back in 1975 with one of my favorite songs by David Allen Coe. Oh, yeah. never even call me by my name. Yeah, that is entirely true. Yeah, yeah. Where he he basically does every single country music cliche that were already well known in the mid 70s. Well, Talk about a bad boy. I was drunk in my truck driving to pick my mom up from prison. <laughs> That's yeah. That I mean that, and I I actually texted you guys when I was listening to that one. I was like, I didn't even know I knew that song. <laughs> so. But I realize, you know, how often I've heard it. I mean, on on stage down in you know Missouri and hearing it. Let's just listening to well, what, you know, the radio stuff now. But and if you have ever been to a karaoke bar, odds are you've heard it. Yep, probably. So uh, we're of course talking about uh, "You Never Call Me by My Name" by David Allen Coe. In case we didn't make yeah. that clear, mm, you don't have to call me Waylon Jennings anymore. <laughs> it's, yeah, he gives a shout out to all of the Titans. He mentions. Uh, Charlie Pride. He mentions Waylon Jennings when I, he's going through his riff. Earl Haggard. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That is something I think I was listening to that I uh, that I noticed when I was listening to is it seems like they do talk about each other often in these songs. There's like call outs in these songs to the other singers all over the place when I was listening yeah, to this. They were stuff. doing it before rappers were doing it. Yeah. Well, and when uh, the song was covered later, uh, not only did David Allen Coe uh, show up as a guest vocalist for the cover of You Never Even Call Me By My Name, but the Merle Hager, Waylon Jennings, and Charlie Pride also all showed up for the cover. Oh, nice. And did guest vocals. Yeah, Doug Supernoff from 1994. I learned something new today. (laughs) California. (laughs) (laughs) You dick. Uh, And uh, Johnny Cash was another one who did the crossover with, was it it Oak Ridge Boys? Was it album? They redid uh, Devil... uh, Yeah, it was... um, Devil Goes Down to Georgia. Uh, there was a whole bunch of country sung- country singers that all got together and did a cover of Devil Goes Down to Georgia with Johnny Cash being the narrator. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that was... That. Oh, I've yeah. even got that on my, iP- uh, my iPod, the, uh, the original. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I don't remember that. But no, I, I don't have the one with all of the... Uh... Damn, that's Charlie Daniels' band, if I remember <clears throat> right. Yeah. The Devil Went Down to Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's Charlie Daniels. No, I, I know that song, obviously, but I didn't know that Johnny sure. Cash did a cover of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm... Johnny Cash is is probably probably the biggest name in country music as far as, like, known across the galaxy, you know? I mean, <laughs> right. If you, if you had to pick one guy to represent country music, I, most people would probably pick him because there are a lot of people that aren't into country music that don't know who George Jones is. Yeah, they would they would know his songs, but they don't know his name. You know, whereas Johnny Cash, I mean, he's even had a movie about his life and everything. You know, so and a mock he's probably movie the quintessential country star if you had to pick one. I would say. Well, he was, a, he, was a, I, he was an icon. I mean, you know, he yeah. he lived a life that that was uh, fascinating just as much as his music was. So, and then you got um, you got two guys that are always going to be intertwined together um, in in country music history: Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. They yeah. were, you know, they, they they did a lot of albums together. They did a lot of songs together. They traveled together. They did a lot of tours together. They were really, really good friends all their lives. And it seems like there's never been a time where people did not like Willie Nelson. No, not uh, at all. I mean, unless you're the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but even then, they're like, yeah, hey, we got to. <laughs> what's not to love about the redheaded stranger? Then, of course, you got uh, the old Dolly Parton. Everybody knows her. Well, they for at know. least two reasons, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, 
You know what's funny? What I like about her is that she doesn't hide it at all. She'll make cracks about her own bus line and all that other stuff, and she'll she'll talk about it no matter what. Yeah, and like, one of my favorite quotes from her, um, she said, it, it, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, she's very she's, very down to earth and, and humble. That's and one of the, Oh, go ahead, Joel. I was going to say, and she's remained that way for her entire career, and, and uh, I mean, anyway, you were saying. No, I was uh, saying. You guys, you guys know who Porter Wagner is, by chance? I've heard the name. Yeah, he was a, he was an old uh, old time uh, Grand Old Opry staple um, from when it first started, and he kind he kind of discovered Dolly Parton, brought her to you know brought her on stage with him and everything, and they were known long and you know for a long time as a as kind of a duo. They you know sang together and did everything, and she uh, she basically told him at one point she was going to go on her own and not be with him anymore and do her own thing. And she wrote the song "I Will Always Love You" to him when she, as like a tribute to him when she left him. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, like you said, is that everybody has always said that she's sort of uh, just a complete sweetheart. Everybody loves her. Everything she's great. Um, I went to her rodeo thing. They had that. They <laughs> have the Dolly Parton uh, r- rodeo dinner in Branson that we went to last year. It's like it's just <laughs> like going to medieval times, except oh, everybody's country western. <laughs> it's you have, so, you have to shoot your own dinner. <laughs> yeah, they let a whole bunch of turkeys loose, and you got to gun them down. Um, when she did nine to five, just you know, jumping on the movie for real quick. You know, she memorized the entire script just in yeah. case one of the one of the uh other actors forgot their lines yep also she wrote the song nine to five in between takes tapping out the beat with her nails yep damn she's that would be a big hit and a hell of a businesswoman too and pretended yep. to like miley cyrus <laughs> <laughs> don't we all no no we don't no i don't pretend <laughs> I mean, the the woman opened up a theme park with her own name. You know, um, only Walt Disney has had the balls to do that before. And it's an awesome theme park. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should open up 40 going on 14 would. Wait, that's a whole different thing. Never mind. <laughs> show you my 40 uh, going on 14 would. Hey! Bye, Viagra. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Hank Williams Jr. With so much to live up to. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> That's I, I love Hank Williams Jr. just because that guy knows how to party. <laughs> guy partied so hard he fell off a mountain. Surprised he's not dead, to be honest. But he should be. Do you know that story about how you know why he wears sunglasses and a beard and a big old hat all the time? Because his face is fucked up. He was he, he was mountain climbing high on drugs and drunk and fell down and smashed his face up and had to have like reconstructive surgery and shit. And that's why that's why he has like a big old bushy beard. Never takes off his giant aviator sunglasses and wears a big old hat. Huh. Yep. Are you ready for some rhino, Blasty? <laughs> what? It's a little-known sequel. Didn't catch on very well. Yeah, no, it wasn't a big hit. And then there's one of my personal favorites. Uh, I just got to mention him because um, he was my favorite when I was a kid growing up. I, I listened to him all the time. Don Williams. A lot. Of, he's one of those guys that a lot of people don't know by name, but as soon as you hear a song of his, you're like, oh, I know that guy. He's had... Um, He's had more number one country hits than I think all but three country stars in, wow. in all country music. Yeah, and he's just—if you listen to some, if you look up some of his songs, you'll be like, he's just one of those guys where you're like, yeah, I know that song. I know that song. Oh, I didn't know that was him. I know that song. That kind of thing. So, <clears throat> highly recommend him. Don Williams. Look him up. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> 
He's got. Um, he was one of my favorite descriptions of of any singer ever. Was a review of him said he was some somebody described his, his voice as a songwriter's best friend. Aww. Well, he's playing in um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, on uh, September 10th. I actually okay. Now that you mentioned him, I actually went to see him about six years ago in concert, and he sounded amazing. I mean, didn't. He didn't dilly dally. He didn't anything. He just played a song. When he was done, everybody applauded. He's like, "Thank you." And then you just start the next song. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're here. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we have any other thens that uh, we need to get out of the way before we step into, I guess, the '80s ish. Probably going to nope. be the '90s. We're going to start with the like mid '90s. Mid '90s. Yeah. Uh, Statler Brothers. Uh, we kind of talked about the Statler Brothers a little bit. Yeah. Good stuff uh, there. Love flowers on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were very, very good at their harmonies. The Statler Brothers. If you want, like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I liked them much more than I liked the Oak Ridge Boys. Oh. But I, but out of all those, but out of those three groups, Statler Brothers, Oak Ridge Boys, Alabama, I would pick Alabama. Uh, I, ooh, that's tough. <clears throat> uh, I might too because because of the harmonies. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know, Elvira. If I had to pick one song, it might be Elvira. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I tried not to say it earlier. I didn't want to, but you know, but be Mr. Buzzkill. I hate that song so much. <laughs> what were you going to say, Mike? Well, I was going to say the um, Statler Brothers playing along with Johnny Cash at the uh, Folsom Prison concert was pretty yeah, damn I'm amazing. Have to look that up later. Yeah, that's where they they uh they did uh flowers on the wall there, and then they just you know, they had a couple times where they were just jamming all together and good stuff. Merle, uh, trying to think who else was there. Statler Brothers, uh, um, obviously uh, June Carter and her sisters were there, but um, but no, that was just good old music right there. I put that on once, had like Johnny Cash and that sort of theme going through on my po- uh, iPod once when I was closing the store down at the grocery store and about maybe 20 minutes into it, somebody goes, does he sing any happy songs? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no, he doesn't really. Um, probably, <laughs> no. The, the one about, and I think what, which was the one where Delia's, Delia's dead? Delia's dead, yeah. Yeah, was the one that was going on at the time. And, and this one goes like, he's singing about killing his wife. And I'm like, <laughs> don't let her listen to Ruby by Kenny Rogers. Then. Oh my God. <laughs> if, I could, if I could move, I'd get my gun and put her in the ground. Oh, <laughs> uh, and you know what though? With, with, uh, the J- Johnny Cash Sunday morning going, coming down. Yeah. That is such uh, a great song. Agreed. Yeah. And the beer I had for breakfast, bre- the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad. So I had one more for dessert. <laughs> mm. And then there was Kenny Rogers roasters. <laughs> Kenny. Mm. All right. Anyone else for the for the then? Nope. No, I, I mean, if we've got like mid to late '90s as our dividing line instead of the year 2000 as we're used to, I, I think we're pretty well set to go to the break. And when we come back, we'll talk about those artists from the mid to late '90s all the way up till now. Cool. Yeah, I just think we'd be a little too thin on the now if we cut it off at 2000. That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> a little too thin in the now. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back in a little bit. Yeehaw. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two, or the second half, as it is known in some countries, of the country music show. The now of the country music show. So, uh, so something happens in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And they they lost their way. <laughs> yeah, and most of these people that I've listed kind of stuck with the 
Because again, country music came through another like like um I don't know another renaissance I guess, and pop music started getting a lot more influential in the music and the writing and and just the overall um feel of country music started changing and there was again two schools there was like the classic country and then there was the more pop oriented country the and top some, forty country some, kind of I'm sorry the top forty country like that yeah kind of. exactly the, the the crossover hits you know. And that became a big thing in country was trying to, you know, trying to keep a country sound, but also appeal enough to be a crossover hit. Well, I mean, this is also the time when the line dancing bars work their way out of the South and into like the suburban Midwest. Yep. Yes, there still is one up here. Line dancing is still very popular. Unfortunately, there are still songs that, that come out you know, yearly that inspire line dancing. I don't know who teaches the dances and how they get spread around, but it's like a song will come out. And then suddenly, like two weeks later, every woman knows the line dance and they're all dancing it at the bar. And I'm like, how? It's like, is there a memo or something that goes around? <laughs> well, did they have a video that comes along with the the song, like the music video or something? Yeah, but it's, it's not. I mean, I don't know. It's not like people are watching MTV every day or or even CMT. Well, thing, I'm going to say know? CMT, maybe. I don't know. So. I don't know. It's just funny to me how like this. It, it just all <laughs> sudden, it, it, I mean, that's the closest that real life gets to an actual like uh, musical show because everybody suddenly knows all the dance numbers like as soon as the song. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's like an underground railroad of line dancing. Whoa, I don't know. Maybe there's some special glasses, and all you gotta do is put your grasses on. You know, <laughs> put your grasses on. Nothing will be wrong. <laughs> uh, Patrick. Holy anyway. crap. Um, I I don't I. <laughs> Attack on Titan. <laughs> so, about this time, a certain Billy Ray came out with a certain song mm-hmm. that made a whole bunch of, like you said, suburbanites decide that they were going to go country. And you know what happened as a result of that? We ended up with Miley Cyrus. Yes. So well, mistakes were made. Swing dancing came around, and, and that's what people are. That's the price people are paying for making "Achy Breaky Heart" a popular song. Miley <laughs> Cyrus. Pat's coming on like a wrecking ball. Okay, you can stop that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this... so, yeah, so I, I pretty much kind of stuck mostly with this list of the, the traditional country guys. I didn't really I didn't really focus on a lot of the pop country, so Sure. Yeah. So but this is I mean, Joel is right. This is something that happened. And we well, have to at least, at least say something about it. I mean the song is just in complete and utter earworm mm-hmm. and not good. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's it was incredibly popular, and I'm not sure why. I think because it had the dance with it, and I think for a lot of people, it was an easy way to there was a connect dance? with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah there's an achy breaky heart dance. Yeah, and it's very simple, purposely. You know, I mean, it's just like, and and it's made it's made so that anybody without any kind of country dancing. Um, knowledge can just get in there and do it so it made everybody be like oh i'm a country girl look at me Woo. you know I, so it's kind of like that's... it's like dick and jane for country pretty much yeah wow well because this came out right around the same time as friends in low places and so you know they're like oh i can go out to the country bar and i know all the songs and then they mm-hmm. sing those two and they're like okay let's go home you know but this it, is it my was jam <laughs> it was a gateway drug right and they it was an easy it was easy to do and I mean, everywhere you went, if that song came on, all of a sudden everybody was country and came out on the dance floor. So, but I would rather talk about people like Randy Travis, Clint Black, and George Strait. I agree. I'm digging I, up bones, Pat. Let's yes. do it. So we've we've, <laughs> checked, we've checked off that box, and uh, let's keep moving here. So, so yeah, Randy Travis. Um, 
very distinctive voice. I think that was the thing that kind of propelled his career on top of the fact that he's just, you know, a, a, another just good songwriter. He has great imagery in his songs, like what, um, like the one that Joel just referenced, Digging Up Bones. I mean, it's all, you know, it's a song all about, you know, how he just sits around his house and thinks about his ex-wife and everything. And, you know, everything he looks at reminds him of, you know, this, this old relationship, kind of like, you know, George Jones's uh, grand tour from back in the day. So, well, and he just seems like he's a genuinely kind of nice guy, like a good guy. Um, you never hear anything bad about him, yeah. Exactly. And and then he crossed over and he even went out and made some uh, films. Except on King of the Hill. Well, <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> I mean, and then he made some movies and, uh, you know, he kind of had a, a pretty big boom there for a while. And he just makes good music. I mean, and I think you're right. I think it's the songwriting is, is the kind of the big key and the kind of non-standard voice. And same thing with all with all three of the you know all four of these guys I mentioned Clint Black George Strait Garth Brooks all four of those guys you know with Brandy Travis very good songwriters and and I mean none of them really honestly have an amazing voice they just all have you know very good lyricists and very, and, and solid guitar players and you know they got great melodies and and good lyrics and well and Clint Black is kind of good looking so. really, sorry go ahead Clint Black is good looking though too so that kind of goes in his favor that didn't hurt yeah yeah <laughs> and that trademark kind of black hat and well none of them are none of them are unattractive guys i mean garth right. brooks you know a little a little hefty is about it you know and he's still not a <clears> well, bad looking guy. garth a brooks though i mean and i i i like garth brooks i don't i know that it's kind of was unpopular for a while to to like him but i mean he kind of brought country to a, an entirely different level of almost arena rock yeah, yeah. I mean, he. There's no denying that he owned the '90s, and the only person that could come even even come close would be George Strait. That, I'd the, say that's the 90s, fair. Yeah, yeah, the '90s in country music was was easily easily run by Garth Brooks. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you look at some of the shows that he had, where I mean, he just was selling out the biggest venues, and that's just kind of unheard of for that kind of music. And George Strait, I mean, his career spanned, I mean, from the '70s until I mean, he's still making music. Um, so they, he. That Chris Gaines guy too. He was good. Oh God! <laughs> I have that album. I'm sorry to say. We know it's you. You get. I, um, <laughs> I I went to go see. Uh, remember when when Garth Chris Brooks had, had had when Garth Brooks had that little concert venue at uh, the Wynn in Las Vegas. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like a like a 500 person amphitheater. That's all you know. All it sat. And I actually got to go to one of those, you know, five hundred dollar a seat shows that he had. Oh, for good, how was it? Good stuff. I'm I'm not joking when I say this. It was probably one of the top ten concerts I've ever been to. Wow. Really? Now, is this him as him, or was this when he was flirting with his alternate identity? No, no, no. This was just him <laughs> as him. I mean, it was basically like it, it was kind. Of, it, I can't remember. I think it was called the Songwriter Tour. But basically, you know, he just he sat there. It was just him and a guitar. And that was and a, and a microphone stand, and that was it. And he he just came out, and what he did the, the for most of the show, all he did was just talk about his musical influences growing up, and he did it, and he did it, and you know, basically starting as a kid, and all the way up, you know, talking about his father and his musical influences, and everything that was popular when he was growing up, and how it influenced the songs that he'd write now. And like he would talk about like a, a Beach Boys song that was popular, and then he'd be like, and I took that riff and did a little bit, bit of this and did that and whatever, and I turned that into this, and he'd start playing another song, and everybody's like, oh. Oh, that's this song, and I mean, it was just really interesting to hear him tell his stories about how he wrote his songs. 
See, and, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and, and, and honestly, one of the coolest things I've ever seen a celebrity do in my entire life happened at the end of this concert. He had a period where he, he turned up the lights on the audience and you were allowed to, everybody was allowed to stand up and ask him a question and he would, you know, and, and he would take requests or answer whatever thing you had about anything. And, and this, this um, guy stood up and he said, I brought my grandmother out here because it's her 90th birthday. She lives in, uh, she lives in Montana and she's one of your biggest fans. He he um he tells one of the stagehands to bring him a marker. He takes the guitar that he'd been playing on all night long that was worn and you could see he'd used it for a long time, signs it and walks it out to her in the audience and gives it to her. Oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah. I mean just so cool and so unexpected. I was like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. In the meantime, there's a stagehand in the back sanding down guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till the 90-year-old on the next show. They plant her in every audience. (laughs) I don't want any more guitars. It's okay. Granny went home and put it up on eBay. Right. (laughs) Just to cheapen the whole moment. I think one of the reasons he he was and still is kind of, I mean, he's maybe not as big as he was then, but... Uh, you know, is, is he kind of brought in some of that rock and roll influence and that, that first chorus verse with a hook and, and the good storytelling. And, and he is a decent singer and a decent looking guy. And he just kind of had that perfect storm of all the elements that made it successful for not just country, but, you know, popular music too. Yeah. Just I mean, saying. he was, he was a huge crossover hit. I mean, he made, he made so many people so much money. <laughs> <laughs> Except us. Mm. Yeah. But very, I mean, just a very, very charismatic entertainer, and his, you know, and it and it shows in his in his songs. Definitely, I'm a big fan. I really, I really do like Garth Brooks. I agree. Well, right, speaking, so. well, talking of Garth Brooks and people who like make their fans like them more. Uh, what about the Dixie Chicks? <laughs> oh wow! Oh god! Yeah. You know, the music's the music's not bad, but the the politics came into it, <clears throat> and it just kind of spoiled it. I mean, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I don't think I've ever liked them. Yeah, I I like them. I don't love them. I like them. Yeah, I don't know them well enough to really have an opinion on them. I, I think it was <clears throat> one of the things that uh, the really mouthy lead singer. I saw too many interviews with her, and this is before the politics thing. I, I just took an instant. Yeah, I just took an instant dislike to her. And that's the thing is like, I'll end up liking your music if it's mediocre, if I find out you're an awesome person. And this was kind of the opposite effect for me with them. So luckily, luckily for him, you know, on a total separate note, luckily for him, Prince is a good enough artist that everybody overlooks the fact that he's a giant prick. Yeah, a tiny (laughs) prick, I should say. (laughs) Uh, But that's for another show. Yes. Yep. So, um, well, I'll bring it up for Joel. Dwight Yoakam. Um, see, now that was my, as I mentioned in the first half, is my gateway drug. Um, and with him, funny you should mention the Garth Brooks story, Pat. I went with uh, uh, Matt and a, a couple other friends, and we went to go to the Missouri State Fair, and he was the headliner at that show. Um, and it was a, I don't know, it was a pretty big uh, open air outside venue and we got there really early first ones in line i was front row and i literally stood and danced quote unquote uh with my friends for i mean the show was like three hours and i didn't sit down the entire time (laughs) (laughs) quote unquote danced not friends (laughs) i wasn't anyway um and i i would have to say i mean to this day it's still probably the best show i've ever seen and he's just an amazing performer on stage and sounds just as good as he does on his records. And, um, just seems like a pretty decent guy and he's a hell of an actor. Yeah. 
I mean, he's done some some fun stuff, and and again, he's had a, a moderate kind of crossover because of the film, but or films, but uh, you know, his music never quite uh, made that same crossover. Um, but and and it's no 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 uh, secret that he's a, a big Elvis fan because he's done other covers, but. Yeah, Suspicious Minds is probably my favorite song of his as far as covers go. That's great. Like Mike said, it's a great song. I like I guitars him. and Cadillacs. <laughs> guitars and Cadillacs. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Dwight Yoakam, but I like that song. I like the guitar in it. Yeah. And the Cadillac that he signed <laughs> and it was worn down. And the hillbilly and music. year old. And, right. <laughs> uh, I just want to briefly mention Vince Gill just for no other reason than um, – Amy Grant. The song that I have listed there, When I Call Your Name, if if you guys haven't heard that song, I definitely recommend listening to that song because it is a beautiful, haunting song. Ooh. That's it. It's about ghosts. Ha, ha, ha. It's a song about a guy who uh, comes home and finds that his, you know, his wife is gone. And it's all about, like, you know, how he's going insane, walking around the house, calling her name and not getting a response. You know? Oh, geez. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've uh, I've actually heard that one. Yep. Yeah, well, he's he's one that um, uh, he's kind of uh, he looks a bit like uh, Val Kilmer these days, but <laughs> he's got a re- really really nice voice. Like he's one of the country singers that it just has a really really sweet voice to listen to. It's very smooth yeah, and, and kind of calls back to the old crooners. And he's got one of those like Ronnie Millsap type careers where he doesn't really like blow it out of the park too often, but he's always solidly in the top forty, you know, and making money and not not raffling any feathers or anything, and just well, and well, yeah, I would disagree he's not with the gimmicky. Feathers. I don't think he's as gimmicky as some of the other people. In a lot of ways, he's like the anti Alan Jackson, who is yeah. actually like my go to for like shitty nineties country. <laughs> I saw him live with George Strait. Um, well, then there was the whole Amy Grant concert with George Strait. Uh, yeah, my quote unquote George Strait. Yeah, we went to. Uh, <coughs> no, I saw George Strait with Alan Jackson. You douche. Quote Not unquote. Quote unquote. You went to a concert Strait. with Alan Jackson. <laughs> Alan Jackson opened for George Strait, and it was a good show. And shut your hole. <laughs> quote anyway, unquote. moving forward. Yes, I have an un. I don't know if it's unfounded, uh, but I kind of like Dirk, Dirk Bentley. There's a lot to like about him. He's got, I mean, his songs are just a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, like the one you have highlighted here. What was I thinking? That, that's a good fun, that's like a good old fashioned karaoke song there. That's, a, I mean, him and what's the other one that he did? Is he the one who did the one, uh, where the video where everyone's drinking out of Starbucks cups? Where he goes to the dentist. Oh, shit. I lost it. Tell me, Joel. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. All I can think of is Red Solo Cup, and that's not what it was. Yeah, no, no, that's what I was thinking he was talking about, too, and I realized it wasn't. No, we'll take the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. Take over. Go. I'm going to try and figure out what this song is, because it's going to bug me if I don't figure it out. Oh, okay. Um, We're taking over, like, with another artist? Yeah, go ahead, Um, uh, for kind of going in order here, Keith Urban, there's one that kind of comes up as being a bit of a, a sidestep, seeing how is he's Australian, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And, uh, and he's with and his wife. Nicole Kidman, who is Australian. Um, and, you know, you never know it when you listen to him, though, because he's kind of got that affected voice with the kind of twang thing and whatever to some extent. But um, he's an interesting songwriter, like maybe not necessarily his lyrics so much, but his music always struck me as being a little bit off the the norm. And that's kind of what I always liked about what I've heard from him. Um, He's got a little bit of a bluegrass to him. Yeah, it's kind of percussive. It's it's uh, it's it's nice. It's a nice change of pace when you're kind of flipping through and and you hear a lot of that same kind of what we were talking about earlier, kind of that pop mainstream country, and then you get a Keith Urban song and it kind of bl- shakes it up a little bit. Um, 
Now, Kenny Chesney, I I personally don't know anything other than the the song you mentioned here. She thinks my tractor is sexy. I can't talk for some reason. But <laughs> did you have a reason? Well, it's, it's just natural story? that when you say tractor, it makes you your tractor. You can't say it normally. <laughs> she thinks my tractor sexy. What what would you put him in there for? Just out of curiosity, what was the the? He is one of the highest selling uh, country music artists of the nineties uh, and and zeros. Like he, really? I mean, his sales are, are he's easily in the top three, I think. Huh. That doesn't yeah. really surprise me. Yeah. This has also got to be about the era where you've got Reba McIntyre, who would have started in the 70s and 80s, and by now she's just a superstar. Yep. I know we didn't talk about her in the first half, but um, now might not be a bad time, because this would have been about the time that she had her own TV show. Uh, and was one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. yeah. That's I a mean, good point. I like Reba McIntyre a lot. Yeah, I just listened <laughs> to uh, Fancy by her earlier today. <laughs> Despite that song, I like Reba McIntyre a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, in her turn in uh, the Tremors movies with uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael Gross, uh, she was fantastic. <laughs> She's another one that just seems to like not take herself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you got Faith Hill, who seems to take herself very seriously. Well, the now, ten, the, the oh, duo. Sorry, I was going to say the duo of Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, but yeah, they're like the, the royalty of country music right now. Well, and Faith Hill gets us into an entire category, which bears mentioning of big uh, crossover artists, specifically female from this era, and we've got a lot of them in a row here. We got Faith Hill, Shania Twain, Carrie Underwood. Uh, and then uh, Taylor Swift, who's been crossed over into pop for so long that people forget that she had her start in country. Right. Yep. You could throw the Dixie Chicks in there as a group that also kind of had that same. They they were right in there with Faith Hill and when Shania and Shania Twain when they were um, hitting it uh, hitting it big. See, I, I'd put them in a completely different category because you could n- hear Faith Hill or hear Shania Twain and not know they were country. There's no Dixie Chick song that could be mistaken for anything else. They mm-hmm. crossed over onto the pop charts, but they right. didn't ever really stop being country okay i figured out what song it was and how come i couldn't connect it with dirks bentley because it wasn't him oh uh, <laughs> well, it was blake blake shelton uh some beach uh, that's the one that that's the one that he wound up doing with jimmy buffett yeah so, uh, okay. Yep. okay yeah that's just a good All driving right. song and another another um do we have, have you guys while i was searching did you guys talk about bonnie Raitt? Oh, no. no, we we left off Bonnie Raitt and uh, Trisha Yearwood. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of uh, crossovers, yeah, Bonnie Bonnie Raitt's a good one for that because she she had a, she had a great song on um on the Urban Cowboy soundtrack called "Darlin," which is you know a really good like little. Well, uh, that's going and, way back. One of the yeah. things I wanted to bring, one of the reasons I brought up Bonnie Raitt is she. Have you heard of the song "Non" on it? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, so she that saying, sounds painful. Think you're yeah, doing it wrong. yeah. So <laughs> she she um. This this is a song that used to come on at the grocery store when we'd work there, and I was just you know it's one of those where you actually start listening to the to the lyrics, and she's you know singing things like uh, the verses go I gotta take off early, gotta get you home, gonna show you little woman why a dog loves a bone, and then she starts singing about being gnawing on it. I've discovered that you could say anything in a country song and nobody will bat an eye. You could you could talk about whatever it is you want, you talk about any any uh anything at all. Sex wise, and people won't people won't even shrug their shoulders. Yeah, it's gonna say you can't say anything. Yeah, I won't say anything, anything. But I mean, like you, you could say all sorts of like innuendo and just some outright, you know, like back of the in the back of the uh, truck bed, you know, finger banging her sister or something like that. As long as you say it with a country twang, people will be all right with it. 
That's all. Well, yeah. well Carrie <laughs> Underwood, before he cheats, that entire song is you know just a, an ode to violence, and everybody's like, "Yeehaw, I love it!" Yeah. Or uh, what's that? That's the uh, Dixie Chick. Fred's in the trunk, or Earl's in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, talking goodbye, about Earl. Yeah, they're, they're Earl. yeah they're 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 t- talking about killing a guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not an uncommon theme though in country, even as far back as the early the the then part. Sure, revenge but, uh, to someone who's got it coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Carrie. Women, women have always loved a good country woman done somebody done her wrong, and she's getting her revenge song. Keying the car, putting him in the trunk. Yeah, that Carrie Underwood song is pretty. I mean, that, that that's a, a lossy waiting to happen. And the <laughs> night the lights went out in Georgia, you can go yep. back that far. Yeah. yeah. That's a a good one. That's a sick reference, bro. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that I really like is some of the uh, southern influence country bands that have crossed almost completely over to rock and roll. Uh, Lady Antebellum is uh, a more complete crossover, but that kind of trend, I would say, might have even started with Rascal Flatts. Yeah. Hmm. Brooks and Dunn. Sure. Yeah. That was a huge thing. Was it Brooks and Dunn? Who was the um? Uh, shit, what's wrong with my brain tonight? <laughs> I, uh, Big and Rich is that who you're thinking? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. That was yeah. that. How, how sad is it I could reach in there and pluck that out of your I, head? Not as sad at all, considering how much we've been through. Um, <laughs> yeah, bless the broken road by Rascal Flats and. Uh, Run, uh, Need You Now by Lady Antebellum are, to this day, oh. some of my favorite songs in what I call modern country. Yeah. See, and I, I love Run to You if I'm, if we're going to go Antebellum, but you were talking about, um, harmonies earlier with Alabama and, and some of the uh, Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, Little Big Town has amazing harmonies. That's a, that first record especially is, is, is really good, if, especially if you like harmony. Yep. Mm hmm. And then you got Zach Brown Band, which is kind of another. They're they're pretty much in the process of crossing over into pop music, but they definitely started as country. Now, how do you think the sound has changed as we're starting to go away from the traditional country, the steel guitars, through the introduction of the drums and electric guitars in the late '80s to early '90s to this period as we're starting to approach the present, musically or lyrically? Uh, I, I was thinking musically, but I'm actually now interested in the answer to both. <laughs> well, musically, there's, I mean, there's just a lot more, um, a lot more accent on, on the driving guitar solo. Cause I mean, there didn't used to be such a thing as a guitar solo in a country song. And now it's like, and that's, you know, things like that are, are you know, and there's a lot more synthesizer. There's a, you know, and. It seems like the easy fix that everybody goes for now to, to make a quote-unquote country so- sound is to throw a banjo in. And they do it all the time now where it doesn't even make sense. There's like you, where, where you can't even hear it. You know, I mean, so it just seems like a throw a throwaway thing that people are like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll appeal to the country guys by throwing a banjo in. Like, I mean, you see that in uh, – like, like for instance, Miley Cyrus, some of her songs just have a random banjo thrown in for no reason, you know. But that's a whole other thing. So anyway – my biggest problem I have with the music, though, with the country music nowadays, you know, is 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 lyrically, honestly, because there's just, I mean, country music to me, and you know, I understand that that over time, you know, I'm I'm the old man talking about how the kids don't get it and all that kind of shit, but I mean, t- country music to me is about you know suffering and pain and things like that, like I talked about earlier with its roots in country or with its roots in blues, and nowadays songs are about how 
how great my life is and how I love my woman and my family is good and I miss everybody and I can't wait to get home and, you know, hug my wife and things are great. And, you know, and or, or there are songs about, you know, hooking up, you know, about how, oh, I love country girls and I got a truck and I can't wait to take my girl in the truck to see the stars and trucks and drinks and beers and <laughs> country girls. And it's just, I mean, it's it's lost a lot of its heart. You know, it's lost a lot of its of of what made it popular in the first place, which is the stories and the heartache. And those are the things that people can relate to. People don't want to hear. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess they do because it's so damn popular. But I was going to say, you know, what's the appeal, though, in listening to beautiful people sing about their beautiful life? Well, and that's kind of where I was heading in the beginning, though, is that it's it's so fragmented now that you're kind of sticking to what's on the radio. And if you kind of go outside of that and you, you look around, that stuff still exists. It's just not what it it's not the mainstream anymore. Like right, it was. it's not what gets radio play anymore. Right. And nowadays, and I, I've made this reference, I think when we talked about it last week uh, that we were going to be doing this show that for me, that hip hop and, and country music are the same creature anymore. When you talk about mainstream popular music, because it's, it's somebody else either writing the music or the lyrics and they, they manufacture, Facture it to talk about, you know, it's all about the hook, like we were talking about earlier. You know, yeah. if you have that that line in the song that, you know, has a hook to it that makes people go, oh, that's clever. And then they sing along with it. Then you've got a hit record. And, and that's what they build the song around rather than. And, and that's what Florida Georgia line is. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this little duo. It's two. Abercrombie and Fitch model looking guys. They don't even look. They they don't even you know wear cowboy hats or boots or buckles or nothing. They don't even. They they look like they walked out of you know like I said Abercrombie and Fitch. But um, they're just com- they're completely metrosexual looking guys that sing these songs about how great life is and. I don't know. Their song "Cruise" is everything that I hate about country music, and it's so funny because um, my buddy Chris, um, he's a big you know modern country music fan, and he told me he, he told me he's, he's like, well, I heard a new song on the radio today. He's like, and then, as soon as I heard it, he's like, I know I know Patrick's gonna hate this song. He's like, it's a song that you hate before you've even heard it. And then he played it for me. I was like, yeah, you're right. I hate that song. <laughs> well, um, something else that's kind of interesting is that, that now that, um, you know, things have shifted some, there's other things that aren't quite as taboo as they were there. I'm I, like, I recently started listening to Eric Church and his most recent album, The Outsiders is kind of bizarre. Um, he's kind of going the Beatles route with the kind of, uh, Sergeant Pepper's big kind of all sorts of things happening. But like when he f- made his first record and he had a, he had a song in there about, uh, about smoking pot and the record company didn't w- want to put it out because they thought it would tarnish the image and it wasn't what they w- wanted to present to the public. Well, he insisted it would go on the record and it became a hit for him. And now every single record, he has to have a song about smoking pot, which I think is <laughs> kind of ironic, but, um, you know, even amongst the stuff that's that's on the radio that maybe isn't what you want, there's still some good artists that are making it through, and there's still a lot of those guys from the the earlier days that are still making music. It's one of the nice things about country is that those guys don't ever really go away. Um, and and I have to mention, and I I tagged it at the end here, but one of the things that's happening now that just I don't quite get is the whole hip hop, the whole, whole hip hop country thing. Which, like I said, those two to me are interchangeable. But like Big Smo and Cowboy Troy and Bubba Sparks and and some other artists that are kind of intermingling the two. I don't know if any of you have had any experiences with this stuff. Well, Bubba Sparks, at least, yeah. I don't know quite what to make of it, to be honest with you. I don't know whether I like it or whether I think it's annoying. I figured Pat had an opinion, but he hasn't said anything. Well, he just disappeared. Oh. 
Um, another coming no, at it from the uh, uh, another angle, uh, you've got uh, some pop artists who are reaching in the direction of country. Uh, the most popular example right now probably being Andy Grammer. I don't know if you guys have heard the song Honey, I'm Good, but it sounds like it could have been played in a country bar. But it's very clearly like a modern pop song about a guy who just knows if he has one more drink. Uh, he's going to end up taking a girl home and he's got a girlfriend that's waiting for him. So he's trying to not have that one more drink and uh, fall for the girls that are all around him and end up getting himself in trouble. Hmm. So, yeah, that's something that's uh, seeing heavy rotation on the mainstream pop stations right now. And uh, I, to my knowledge, I've listened to some of his other stuff and that's not his normal style, but it's one of the breakout hits of this year. And I think a lot of it is because it's got that kind of country fried flavor going on with the, the uh, pop song. So. Definitely check it out after the show. Yeah. So uh, before Patrick disappeared, Joel had a question. I did? Yeah. For yeah. Pat. About hip hop. Oh, you just asked it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, Patrick, uh, I mentioned this and uh, we had vague understanding about it, but uh, the whole hip hop, hip hop country thing that's happening. What do you think? <laughs> it's, I, I've, I've listened to a couple of the different songs, quote unquote, from some of these guys. And, you know, and I've heard like Cowboy Troy and, you know, backing up different whatever's, you know, it. Honestly, I, I, it, I, I think it's a joke. I mean, I don't listen to it. I don't know enough about it to really comment too much on it. But I mean, it's just I know like country and and rap just should not mix. It just they're just too stylistically different, really. I mean, and it doesn't have anything to do with anything other than just they just shouldn't mix. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about Christian country acid house music? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. You think I'm yeah. fucking with you? No, no, I I don't, and that's that's oh god, it's so sad. How... That's Alabama Three, best known for the Sopranos theme, which is the only one of their songs that sounds like that. The rest of their stuff is literally Christian country acid house music, kind of like uh, Chris Isaac. When <laughs> everybody's well, they, like, they... "Oh, Wicked Games," let me buy your CD, and none of the rest of it is anything like it. Yeah, you listen to the rest of their stuff. They've got stuff like "She Don't Dance to Techno" anymore. <laughs> That's some great stuff. When we go up to Gen Con, I have to play it for you. I've I've got it all over my iTunes. Awesome. Wow. You know, one of the things I have noticed, and you were talking about uh, the style of the singers, is now everything seen like your pet. I'm I'm curious on how you feel about this one, but I'm pretty sure how you're going to answer <laughs> is very cookie cutter, mm-hmm. where you've got your. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think what's what's the rough looking country singer now. You've got who? Good uh, question. What's that? I said, good question. Who would yeah. be? I mean, everybody, everybody's very polished now. I well, mean, but that's the thing is that even the even the Dwight Yoakam is probably you know your bad boy of country. <laughs> well, like maybe now I don't know, but let's say um, you've got the you've got the rough hewn country guy, that little dangerous type of thing. They are so cookie cutter, pushing it to the exact point where they're not going to offend anybody. Like, they're going to be like, okay, he's rough and tumble, but not too rough and tumble that people are going to be afraid of him. But then you go back to, you know, uh, Hank Williams Jr. And, you know, the other, you know, back uh, then, you got Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings. Those people you see walking down the street and you'd be like, shit, 
Yeah. Well, I think right now you might even be able to blame some of that on where a lot of the popular country and country crossover artists are coming from. And that's the assembly line that is American Idol and similar shows. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're going to have just, the looks are just as important as the talent. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing is appealing to the widest possible demographic is going to necessarily make you more generic uh, because that's what is going to sell to it. When you're talking about a strictly popularity based system, uh, you're going to get people who are less interesting in one particular direction because those people might be more extreme in an area which would get them eliminated by the people you, that don't like that characteristic. To, mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to homogenize in order to have wider appeal. Yeah, yeah that's what a, a way to – yeah, that's what I was trying to get at, fumbling in, in like six <laughs> sentences. <laughs> yeah, whereas back then, you know, you've got your – like I said, the Waylon Janes, the Willie Nelsons, but in the same note, you have the Kenny Rogers who was like, I guess, one of the clean-cut ones. You know, Kenny Rogers is was kind of like the good boy of that of that time. Whereas you know, you got the other ones that are you know, or you've got George Jones, who's a clean cut, my hair style type of thing. But then you have all different genres of country music and all the different people that are singing it, coming from different backgrounds. And now, like you said, Josh, it's you know they they're making them in the uh, cloning vats underneath the uh, Disney World. Yeah, yeah. there are separate country music artists like boy bands now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even uh, Kenny Rogers is somebody of a type that I don't think you're seeing his like again. I would categorize him as like mountain man that suddenly came into money <laughs> and now like <laughs> yeah uh, has this mixture of like genteel with the kind of backwoods and, and chicken uh, and chicken and chicken. Yes. yes, there's definitely chicken. <laughs> so, so I think we about. Uh, Slap. I think we're ready for the question. Uh, the question uh, for the episode for each of us, I, I would guess, uh, pick a favorite song for uh, the pre-early to mid-90s era and uh, the more modern era as defined by that, uh, that break point. We'll call it 1993 <clears throat> or 1995. As the now? Mm. Yeah, that, that'd be our dividing line. Mm. 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 Is anybody ready? I, I only warned oh, I, well, you about this I, I question the, two no. hours ago. Well, <laughs> yeah, for the, the for the um before you know for me easily uh, my favorite country song of all time is Merle Haggard's "Mama Tried." Ooh. So I mean that'd easily be my favorite song of of then and kind of for the now. I guess I would um it would I would probably have to gravitate towards um a Garth Brooks song, and if I had to pick one, it would probably be either uh, Two of a Kind" working on a full house or "Papa Love Mama." Ooh, Papa Love Mama, that's a good one. I forgot yeah. about that one. I think I'm going to go with Johnny Cash, Sunday Morning Coming Down. That's a great song. That's I know I've said that several times. Yeah, so true. and that's a toss-up between that or Ring of Fire, just from the sing-alongs that we did when we bartended, Pat. And yep. <laughs> and for now, shit. I honestly, I, mean, I, I well, that's, I honestly could not choose one i mean i did hear on the way and listening to the new stuff on my commute uh zach brown band does that song chicken fried yeah that's a that's a fun song that and that's and that's the thing is that the only out of all the new stuff that i listened to that's the only one that like stood out to me you know that actually sounded country it didn't sound too popish you know it sounded you know like it had a little bit of root going on there so i'm gonna go with that one joel what <laughs> where were you on the night of september 24th <laughs> 1978 was that the uh, night the lights went out in Georgia? Yeah, it was. I, I was. Uh, and that was the night old Dixie. For, old Dixie <laughs> burned it down. Yep, that too. 
Um, oh, well, I was shit. thinking, like, artist-wise, I was thinking, like, favorite artist. I didn't think about the song part of it. Um, I, I mean, for then, pretty much my entire childhood and even to this day, I mean, George Strait was always a, a mainstay. Um, and so, you know, he definitely is, is my qualifying person for then. Uh, for songs for him, it's tough. I mean, he had so many great songs. Um, but I think I just... For the nostalgia purposes, my mom always loved when All My Exes Live in Texas came on. And so, you know, we used to sing along in the car. And so that, I'm just going to go with that one just for that main purpose. Um, the now there, part there was a joke is a little... Song. There was a joke song that said, All My Exes Are Infected. Just just so you know. It's not a joke when, in terms of you, Pat. Um, mm. So... <laughs> <laughs> infections <laughs> uh but as far as like uh the now part since 93 is the the the, the flop there makes it a little tougher because i mean garth brooks was always kind of a uh, never seemed to leave my my car stereo uh through most of high school <laughs> get out and, of there <laughs> um if you're gonna uh, sit in there pay always, for gas <laughs> i always liked uh standing outside the fire was always one of my favorites of his um when I first but, heard that song, I thought he was saying "standing outside the barn." That that sounds a lot like fire. No, because yeah, no, because of his accent. Because he said "far standing no. outside the bar." Um, life That's is not, not a joke. I really tried. Thought that. It's just merely survived. Uh, but you know, of, of recent, I've I've kind of fallen in love with Eric Church and and what he's doing. So I'd, I'll throw him in there. But overall, from then and now, Dwight Yoakam will always be my my favorite. Just um, and. A uh, uh, thousand miles from nowhere is probably still the one that gets me. So anyway, yeah, I think for me, I have to go in- incredibly uh, mainstream on both of them. Uh, for then, I think it always has been and always will be Kenny Rogers, the Gambler. Oh, that's not <laughs> that's not cheap. That's just a great song. Yeah, well, and it's just it's a story song which I tend to prefer. Uh, most of my other favorites from that point would have a lot of great harmonies, but for a single artist, for sure, I didn't even have to think about that very long. And, you know, and as someone who has been a professional poker player, you definitely definitely count your money while you're sitting at the table. Yeah, no Don't kidding. listen to him on that. <laughs> and he's got that great Geico commercial now too. <laughs> Uh, and then for now, I'd probably just have to go just for the power of the imagery and for uh, working towards a subject that you really didn't hear a whole lot about in country music before or even since, Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, you've got domestic violence and a revenge song. Yep. Nice one. Cool. All right. So there we go. Wrapping it up on the country music show. And uh, no. hey, hey, Joel. Yeah, what? Uh, if uh, you want to find some of our other shows, where can you find them? Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and, of course, TalkShoe, as well as at our home away from home at 40go14.com. Right. And if you want to get in touch with us? Uh, you can reach us uh, for voicemails at 708 now wrap That's 708-669-9727. Or drop us a line at 40go14 at gmail.com. Don't forget to stop by Musings of a Geek Podcast Network to check us out there, as well as Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio. What do you got that tattooed on your arm or something? I say it every week on every show that I'm on. A pro. <laughs> so, and uh, speaking of which, what are we doing next week, Patrick? A show <laughs> about see. What? This is why we don't throw to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> next, where's my show notes? Uh, oh, oh yeah, we're doing Will Smith. Will Smith. We're doing a person show again. A show about Will Smith. Going to go back to uh, the 80s and yeah, yeah back to the. Oh, yeah. 
the Fresh Prince days. Yeah, and uh, we're also going to have a uh, punishment for anybody who says, um, this doesn't count, getting jiggy with it. <laughs> and in the, in the next show, has to do a shot at Gen Con when we get there. Or we just have a bottle in front of us and just do shots while we're podcasting. Yeah, because that'll work. <laughs> Oops, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a bottle past, in front of me. Never get past the break. <laughs> I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Oh, I see what you did there. Yay. It's a country song. Yes. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That's why I All right. Well, you how could you believe me when I told you that I love you? Did you cricket yourself? Did, yes. I heard, I heard voices in that one. <laughs> well, I did too. I didn't know the crickets were going to pop up in the middle of me giving a song time. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a little bit of a delay on the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very insulted. I was like, I got cricketed. I wasn't even done. <laughs> No, I was cricketing myself. As you should, sir. All right. You. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will uh, be back next week. Yeah, now I got to go find my hound dog and my truck. And <laughs> The old joke, you know what happens when you play a country song backwards. You get your wife back, you get your dog back, and you get your truck back. <laughs> well, nothing like ending on a big note, so... <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. All right. Are we getting drinks and coming back? That sounds good. I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% sure I'm coming back now. <laughs> you got to go be born somewhere? No, I just have to, after that joke, Joel, you just kind of broke my heart. What? <laughs> That's a legit comedy bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get some cyanide. I'll be right back.